0: Fight back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We turn now to news on the terrorism front. After last week's shooting of a would-be suicide bomber in Strathroy, Ontario, Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale promised that the government would up its game in response to the terror threat. What's the plan? the Liberal government is going to appoint a de-radicalization czar. So here's the thing. Obviously, these programs are a good thing. Every Western country has them, but they do not necessarily work. So, on the one hand, we have ISIS sympathizers who want to spill Canadian blood and are preparing to do that. And the Liberal government's big idea is... Let's send them to counseling. On the line, I have Phil Gursky. He is the president and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting. Hello, Phil. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Okay, thank you. Uh, So, what do you make of this response to that fatal shooting just a week ago?
2: Well, you know, I, I think there's a couple things we can talk about. First of all, I see this very much as a, as a success story. People have talked a lot about, well, you know, it took the FBI to tell the RCMP he was on a peace bond, but the point is, is that you know, intelligence was received, it was shared with Canadian authorities, it was acted upon quickly, and an attack was averted. So that's a success story. Now,
1: yeah, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait Sorry. a minute. But let me—the the guy was on one of these new peace bonds. He had all these restrictions, and yet he still managed to get all the materials he needed to make this bomb and to post one of these so-called martyrdom videos when he wasn't supposed to have access to that. So how is that yeah. a success story?
2: Well, it's, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's a quasi-success story. So okay. No one died except for driver, so that's a good thing, okay? The intelligence worked the way it's supposed to. Now, the questions that everyone's asking, and I, I think we're, we agree on this, he was on a peace bond, he had conditions, and yet he was able to do that. The problem is, is that the RCMP or the OPP or whatever force you want to call doesn't have the resources to watch everybody on peace bonds. Okay, There's lots of peace bonds in this country. Very, There's only 11 or so for terrorists. The rest are for all kinds of other offenses. And our authorities do not have the horses and the resources and money to watch all of them. So they assessed, and I'm not going to Monday, Monday morning quarterback this because I don't believe in that. They assessed that Aaron Driver at the time did not represent a, a, a serious threat. That's why maybe they didn't dedicate the resources they have to them.
1: Okay. Hello?
2: Yeah, does that make any sense then?
1: Uh, Okay, that makes sense. But, uh, you know, they said with a bit of fanfare, we're going to up our game. And they come up with this de-radicalization thing. So no one argues that that it's a bad thing to try to de-radicalize people. but, But what's the track record of these programs? Is there a magic bullet so that they work?
2: No, there's not. And, and that's what, you know, I, I, you know, look at, I worked for CSIS for 15 years. I worked in intelligence for 30 years. I, I fully support this program and with a couple of caveats. So you're right, it's good, it's relatively inexpensive compared to investigation, so that's a good thing. If you turn one or two people away from this pathway, you've done a good thing as well. You save resources, you save lives. The caveats are two, I think, a couple fold. First of all, the government can certainly fund it, but the government can't run it. What I mean by that is that the government and no government has the credibility to start dealing with religious issues. OK, so they're going to have to rely on local partners. And I've, I've met some amazing people in Canada who want to do that. But the challenge is you have to have the right local partners, because whenever the government hands out money, everyone, everyone's hands go out, and says, hey, I want some of that. They're going to have to vet the people very, very carefully. I do think they're there, but they have to vet them.
1: The second point. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the, the 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 thing that you know I have to say bugs me about this is that okay, this the, the government promised this de-radicalization czar or office in the election campaign, so they were criticizing the conservatives for taking a hard line. So to me, this just kind of illustrates, you know, a kind of namby-pamby. Let's send them to counseling. Let's try to understand what made them do this when, you know, these are people who want to kill us.
2: You're right. But see, the point is, is that it's not namby-pamby because the whole point of... of, And and I I will take issue with the word de-radicalization. I don't believe in de-radicalization, personally. But what the program, I think, is going to try and do, and if it does this, it'll be a success, is to identify people early enough that are just dipping their toe in, in the violent waters, if you will, so before they become fully radicalized and divert them from that pathway. In the same way, we do the same thing with drugs and gangs and all kinds of other things. So that's why it's a good idea. The challenge is going to be to, to have the, the wisdom within the program to say, look, at, you know, we're dealing with so-and-so, so-and-so is not responding, so-and-so doesn't want to listen to us. The program is not working, therefore the person has to become of interest to the RCMP or csis thesis. It becomes a national security concern. That's what has to happen in these programs as well. But at the end of the day, if, they, if we divert a couple of people away from this pathway, it'll be inexpensive and it'll be an easy sell for communities and it'll be a success story.
1: Yeah, but what's to stop them from, you know, it it was interesting, uh, I was just reading about another investigation, so there were two people involved. One of them was was very upfront about his beliefs, but the the other one, you know, kind of fudged it. What's what's to stop them from lying, to say, yes, I'm changing my ideas when they aren't really?
2: Nothing. And I blogged about this the other day, um, the exact issue. And they're encouraged to lie. They're encouraged to pull the wool over our eyes by groups like Islamic State, There's nothing to stop them, so you have to have robust measures in place. To you know, it's the old it's the old nuclear deterrent theory: trust but verify. So yeah, I'll put you on a program, but I'm going to make damn sure you're they're telling the truth. So, you know, this is why when we talk about peace bonds, the peace bond itself is not the bad tool. It's you have to have a peace bond with teeth, where by the conditions are being observed and they're being monitored. So again, I I don't want to put them all in the same boat because radicalization is a very individual process. So we can't say they're all going to lie or they're all going to fail the program. But I think that Canadians expect, and I would encourage this, yes, have the program, but also have the backup in place so that when it doesn't work, you've got eyes on people.
1: Okay, Phil, let's take a couple of calls. Uh, we've got Jamal in Toronto. Hello, Jamal. Yes, hello. How is everything? Everything's fine. We're, we're listening. What's your comment?
3: Yeah, uh, I was just trying to comment on some of the statements that were being uh, made just a while ago uh, about deradicalization. De- de- um some of the things that the Canadian government should work on is actually trying to connect to the Muslim community themselves. Because media tends to look at us and say that all of us put us in this whole boat and say that we're all out to kill them. where they are not trying to look at the real picture and, and say that we are people who
1: migrated from our... From Just a minute. Our, uh, Jamal, you've got the radio on. You've got to turn it down because we're hearing an echo. And um, okay. yeah, and uh, we don't have a lot of time left. So, so yes, we want to hear from you, but um, go ahead. My
3: my question is: uh, with this uh, new anti-terrorism uh, talks that are coming on, is this going to affect Muslims in terms of hate crimes and et cetera?
1: Phil. Well, yeah.
2: actually, in, in response to Jamal's comments. Um, Just before I retired last year, we we actually reached out a lot to Muslim communities, and they are the solution. They're not the problem. We recognize that. So we are working with them, and, and, you know, and we find the best partners and actors are actually from within the Muslim community. So this is not targeting anybody. This is getting Canadians who want to help to to be part of the program, and it worked very successfully for us in the past couple years.
1: Okay, well, let's hope that uh, that is the case, that uh, the local Muslim communities uh, are going to be part of the problem. Because, Phil, as you were saying, the government can't do this on its own.
2: No, and I, and I have every confidence, you know, there are individuals in Canada who happen to be Muslim, who happen to be violent extremists. We all, we all know that. But the vast majority are Canadians like you and I. They're no different than, you know, they're, they're trying to put food on the table and trying to, you know, make a good life for their kids. So we've identified those people who want to help, and I think they're really good actors.
1: Okay, let's uh, try to get one more call in before the uh, uh, the break. Jamal, thanks a lot. Thank you. I just want to add one comment um, before uh, we've really got to go. So, ten seconds.
3: Okay. Uh, one last quick question: Is it true that sometimes individuals who tend to, for that the RCMP and tend to believe are uh, suspects and stuff that they put on no-fly lists and stuff? Isn't that sometimes taken it to extreme? Because and then later you guys find out that this person is not an extremist or he has no association to extreme uh, ex- uh, terrorist organizations or stuff, but that still affects them in the long run living as a Canadian here in Canada.
1: Yeah, there are obviously mistakes can be made. You're right. Sometimes that happens. Thanks for your call, Jamal.
3: Thank you. Thanks.
1: Okay, we've got uh, Mike in Brampton. Hi, Mike. Hello. We only have a little time left, but yeah. please go ahead.
4: Oh, give me a couple of minutes here. I think what's happening in the world is inevitable, the way it happened in Europe during the reign of Nazism rolling across Europe, where the United States eventually was called into aid Britain and France. Well, what's happening in the world with uh, terrorism is not going to be solved by one country coming in to help out like the United States. I think it's inevitable down the road we're going to be headed for a a world army, a world government, and a world court. You know we are going to seek out all these uh, uh, terrorist groups is through intelligence of all the combined nations of the world. We're not going to do it by one country, be the United States, to do this. And I think we're fooling ourselves if we think we are, because it's getting to be so big. It's like the way Nazis, the Nazis formed uh, an attack group in Europe. I'd like to hear someone's more comments on this because I think we're fooling ourselves if we think it's not inevitable that a world government, a world court's got to take place. And what do you think?
1: Okay, Phil, why don't you give us some wrap-up comments? Mike in Brampton, sure. thanks for your call.
2: Sure. So, first of all, we've got to be really careful not comparing these guys to Nazi Germany. There is such a infinitesimally small problem. This is not a world threat. It's not existential. But if, further to Mike's point, we actually do share intelligence all the time, and that's exactly what happened last week in, in Strasbourg. You know, Steve in the RCMP have relationships with, with agencies all across the world, and we're working daily together to try and defeat this. So we're already there in many ways. The cooperation's there, the understanding that no one country can do it is there, and we're all on the same team.
1: Okay. Phil Gursky, thank you so much uh, for your input on this extremely important topic. Thanks a lot. My, ple- my
2: pleasure. Take care.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.